The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about demystifying CX governance, what exactly we mean by governance, as well as the components that make it truly work for an organization and their customers. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sammy Newar back to the show. He is a customer experience leader and thought leader who has worked with some of the world's top brands on CX initiatives. Sammy, welcome back to the show. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me again. It's great to yeah, be here. Look at, looking forward to talking with you again here. Um, for those that missed your last interview, why don't, why don't we start with you giving a little background on yourself and your, your areas of focus? Sure. Yeah, I've got over 20 years of, of creating and managing customer experience programs, uh, both as a practitioner and as a consultant. It's something that I love to do. Um, and I think I consider myself fortunate to be able to know what I love to do. I think few of us have that. But it's a, it's a passion. And I think there are different aspects of CX that I'm more passionate about. And this happens to be one of them. Governance to me is not that scary. It's um, often talked about, but not very well explained by our community. And those that do explain it, do it in esoteric and nebulous terms. And I just don't think it's that complicated. And so I've had success and I like to share that success with others to help them be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I agree. It's, it's not that it's complicated to, explain necessarily but yeah definitely you know let's we're, we're going to dive into a few aspects of it because i think the the execution of it and and several other aspects is is where pe- a lot of people get stuck so you know with that we're, we're going to talk about a few areas of, of customer experience governance and um you know to your point everyone says it's important but do they give it enough attention when when it really comes down to it so let's start with some definitions and um, how would you define customer experience governance? Yeah, I think I, I break it into two components or two forms of governance. And these are the terms that I use. But one flavor of governance is operational. And then the other flavor of governance is accountability governance. I think they're similar with respect to the functions of the work. But 
they differ in what you actually are governing. So that's the question. The first question you want to ask yourself is, what are we governing? And so I, I think that's a, a daunting question for some people to try to answer. But it can be less daunting if you change the word from governing to managing. What are we managing? That's really what governance is. It's a management structure. Yeah. And um, what are we managing? From an operational governance point of view, what are we managing? We're managing the system, the design. If, you're, if your program is an enterprise feedback collection program where you're collecting data, you're analyzing data, you're reporting the data in some sort of structured uh, way, and then trying to influence people through that data to drive some sort of a change, that's operational governance. You know, you're managing the ability, the, the method by which you collect and report that information. And sometimes the management of it can change. You may get a request. You may need to change the methodology. You might want to expand your program and have to think about how you're going to go about it. That's very operational nuts and bolts type of work. And that's, you know, the, the accountability version of it is you're not necessarily managing how you collect and report and, and uh, influence others through data. But what you're actually managing is the actual continuous work that's happening to improve the business. So, you know, the collaboration that must exist to drive the action tactically and strategically in meaningful ways to make sure that we are making a change to the business. So to kind of sum it up, operational governance, you're managing the change of the operation of your program. And in the accountability governance flavor, you're managing the change to the business as a yeah. result of your program. What do you think a lot of organizations leave out of their definition or maybe leave out of their practice? I mean, whether it's, you know, a whole one of those two categories or maybe part of of those categories that, you know, that maybe should be getting more attention. Well, I think a lot of companies, if they think about governance, they're thinking purely operational. They're not thinking about the accountability piece. What are we doing to change the business and who's doing it? And what impact are they making? They're not answering those questions. They're not even asking those questions. And that, I think, is, is a huge missed piece of a governance program that I've seen in many organizations. The other aspect of that, and it kind of goes across whether it's operational governance or accountability governance, one aspect that's also completely forgotten by many organizations that I've worked with is communications, right? We can, we can collect data like nobody's business. We can analyze it. We can even influence others to drive some sort of a change through that data. But one thing we constantly forget in many organizations, it's almost like it's an afterthought, is the communications that must occur within the business so that we keep everybody on the same page and also with our customers so that we can demonstrate the impact of the change that we just made. Many companies seem to forget that we can do all this work, but if we don't tell the story of the work and the impact of the work and who's doing it, then who, how are other people supposed to know that all this work is going on? And it's almost like it's an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. So for those organizations that are maybe a little bit behind the curve, do you recommend that they start with management and and then and then move to accountability or you know what or should do they need to start with both? It's just a matter of sophistication of each or how how do you look at that? 
I think you start with both, and it's a matter of sophistication of each. You don't have to do everything overnight, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be very imperfect in the very beginning. And the reason it's going to be imperfect is because it's it's a new, for a lot of people, it's a new skill. It's a new, they may already have the skill, but they haven't used the skill before. So it's going to be a new way of working. And it's going to be, it's like like having garlic for the first time. It's going to be very foreign. It might not be tasty at first, but then you realize, yeah, I really need this. You get better and better at it as you iterate. And it's always good to start small and ask yourself the basic questions. What, first of all, what are we governing? What is the, what are we, what are the things that we are managing? And then let's talk about our roles and responsibilities, right? So we can have a small team of three or four people that work in different functions of the organization. We each have a purpose and let's define what our collective purpose is as a team. What, why are we doing this? But let's also define our individual purposes, right? So just like in a football team, you've got, everybody's got a job. You've got the quarterback, you got the snapper, you got the line. And then you got, you got, you know, maybe the wide receivers, right? Everybody, every, everyone has a purpose. Everybody's a job and let's define that. Let's put that on paper and codify it so that we understand where our limitations are. We also understand what we need to do to grow. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. And so I want to talk a little bit more about measuring effectiveness. And so, you know, certainly a whole other topic is measuring the effectiveness of customer experience and Again, we could do a whole show just just talking about that and, and your experience there. But I want to talk more about how do we know if we're doing governance well, you know, whether that is um, in an early stage and and we're we're sort of learning and, and iterating or at a at a later or more mature stage. So I guess how do you how do you go about measuring CX governance and the effectiveness yeah. of it? Yeah, yeah. So and so the answer to that is. It depends on the state of your program and the level of maturity that your organization has in terms of its adoption. So let's just pretend that your your program is relatively new. It, it may not be brand new. It may have existed. It may have existed for at least six to eight months, maybe a year. It's still relatively new, and and because the program is new, it's also a new thing for the business to kind of get used to. And so, the, in those early days your measurements of success are going to be very operational. It's going to be very nuts and bolts. It may seem basic to some of us, but what you're really measuring is, are people participating in the training? Is the training sticking? 
do people comprehend the training? Are they using the training? Are they participating in the program by first of all, logging into the platform that you use? Do they understand the data and how to analyze it? Is it giving them something that they can use? So those are very operational measures of success. You know, but I think as your program evolves, you get better at it. And so, and so too does the company. The company's not going to stay stand still. The company's going to get better at it too. They're going to be making changes. They're going to be making improvements. And the experience as a result is going to get better over time um, as they do those things. And so then you start to gravitate from less operational measures of success. You can still measure operational things. But what you're really after are more strategic measures of success, where you're measuring business outcomes. And that comes later in your maturity as you get better at running the program and operating. Um, then you're doing the things you should be doing. And if we are doing those things, let's measure the effect of those things. So an example could be, um, and we're speaking purely asking the question of whether our governance function is delivering its purpose of managing improvements, right? Right, right? From accountability point of view, are we managing improvements? Is the business improving? And what are what are those improvements? And so we could ask ourselves on a more strategic basis for your governance program, we can measure the number of uh, initiated improvement projects, right? So if there were, if there's insight to be gained from feedback, then that insight should generate improvement projects. And so we should be able to measure the number of improvement projects that were initiated, how many of those were completed, and of those that were completed, what's their impact to the customer and impact to the business. We can measure all those things if we're doing things, if we're doing things correctly on the back end. Yeah, the, the analogy that comes to mind for me is, is uh, like project management. I mean, just thinking from like a marketing operations standpoint or even a CX operations standpoint, it's like, you know, step one is let's get projects completed, you know, mm -hmm. ideally on time and on budget, but, you know, first let's get them done. Then let's get them done on budget. Then let's start getting, you know, you get more and more nuanced, right? You start looking at resource utilization and, you know, ROI of projects. And then you start looking more deeply and, and to your point, uh, more strategically to the business. Right. So that's, it, it, it feels like that. Is that, do you, would you agree? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. It's um, as you get better and better at something, then you can elevate the type of measurement and the the detail and the degree of the measurement that you use for success. Yeah. Um, you get better at measuring, um, and so just like in a in a VSC portion of a CX program, you're measuring the experience through a survey or some other feedback mechanism. Right? You're measuring the perception of the experience. And in this instance, what we're measuring is the effectiveness of our governance program. Right, If our governance program, from an accountability point of view, if it's supposed to be driving and facilitating the change in the business, then the question that we're asking ourselves is, how well is it doing that? Um, and do we need to recalibrate that? Yeah, yeah. I, and I think from my standpoint, again, kind of using the same analogy or just at least the, the same types of experience. To me, measuring relative change over time can be really effective there. I mean, what what do you recommend there? You know, I know, obviously, this can vary 
drastically depending on the maturity. But you know, what's what's the way to think about measurement? You know, is it is it changes over time? Are there specific metrics that that an organization should use consistently? Or you know, what what other advice would you have there? You know, one of the ways that that I one of the methods that I've used to kind of articulate the impact of the change. Like, look, can we demonstrate the change and can we show how that change is making an impact? It's a change in a process that's having an impact on the business and also the experience. And it's it's kind of a nerdy approach, but it, and there's just no one way to do anything. But one thing that I've used was, um, I, I, I don't know, so not everybody's familiar with a driver chart or a driver quadrant, but it's basically um, a dot plot you know, in four quadrants, that's like a BCG matrix. And those are um, interesting to see the drivers to an experience that matter more to customers and where your current state is in terms of their perception of it. It's a way to kind of isolate what needs to what needs to be improved, at least initially. The downside to that kind of a visual is that it's a snapshot in time. So I asked the question, so what if I just take multiple snapshots of time and show them to leadership as a demonstration of how we have improved as a business and elevated our performance, but as a result of that, we've also elevated the expectation that we continue to perform, where we've raised the bar, and therefore, if we ever drop the ball and the bar falls, they're going to customers are going to punish us for that because it's the expectation that the bar remains raised. Yeah. And so I've shown that sort of snapshot. Here's your driver chart, right? Where the drivers are on, on a dot plot for period one. And here's that same dot plot for periods two, three, four, and five to demonstrate how we've improved that the drivers have gone to the right on the x-axis, they've improved, but they've also moved upward in terms of the importance of the expectation. And so therefore, you know, the catch is, yes, you've improved, congratulations, but also the expectation has has gone up. So don't let it regress. Yeah. And that's how we hold ourselves accountable, at least, you know, using just data as a demonstrating tool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so that 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 leads me to the next and, and last thing I wanted to talk about today was just, you know, what do we do with those numbers, you know, if they're good numbers, that's great. We, you know, we, we pat ourselves on the back briefly, but then, you know, what do we do with those numbers? Or if they, if they go down, maybe we don't pat ourselves on the back, but we, we need to do something about that. So, you know, how, what's the way that you've been successful thinking about continuous improvement and, and CX governance? Like what's, what, what should organizations be keeping in mind? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't have to be perfect on day one. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing to do is just to get something started. Yeah. Know that, you know, time is the one thing that never stops. It just keeps on going. So if you keep talking about it, but not actually getting something going, you know, accepting its imperfections and working toward making those imperfections, like decreasing those imperfections over time, if you just talk about it, then you're going to keep talking about it. And time is going to tick away and you're going to be way behind the ball. So let's just get something started, accept its imperfections, and then, you know, be upfront and transparent about, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And let's, let's strive as a program and as 
a cross-functional team within this program to make those imperfections better so that we operate more efficiently, more effectively, and we hold ourselves accountable to that and, you know, be transparent about that. So, yeah. you know, accept that you're always going to be hampered by limitations. You're never going to have all the resources. You're never going to have all the engagement. You're never going to have all the knowledge. If we had all those things, then why are we doing this? I I would be in Vegas if I had all those things. (laughs) Right, right. So you're never going to have all those things. So just get something started. Uh, Accept that it's not going to be perfect on day one. It's going to be very imperfect. You're probably going to fail at first. That's okay. Get it restarted. Do it again. Do something different. And and just kind of let it grow. And uh, not everybody's going to come on board. Identify who your coalition of the willing is. Those people that want to participate and want to do this. Identify who those people are. Form your group. Uh, define your individual roles and responsibilities. Define your collective purpose and advertise it and get something going. Yeah. And so when when these improvements are, let's say, outward-facing or you know, customer-facing or very much aligned with some of the strategic outcomes, some of this becomes easier to justify. But there's also the, you know, governance can also fall into that category of work about work. And so, you know, vitally important for those of us that that work in those areas frequently, but also kind of sometimes hard to justify time and resources and, and budget and, and all those things for that. How have you seen organizations keep a focus on continually improving when maybe the benefits are indirect and you know still still worthy and still valuable but you know perhaps one step removed from the end customer or revenue or something like that yeah i think um there's a balance to be made in what we do between the need to execute and the need to plan You need both of those things. Execution and planning are essential to live together. I think one thing we tend to do too much is we we focus too much on execution uh, because we tend to work for results-driven organizations and they want to see the output of that execution. If we over-index on execution, then that means we under-index on being deliberate about it and planning for what we're trying to change. And so... There needs to be a balance between these two things. And that's how that's how we can talk about and tell the stories of progress as we've taken the time to plan through things through and we're very deliberate about it. And so there's an old saying, you want to plan the flight and fly the plan, but don't fall in love with the plan. And what that really means is one function of what we do is we've got to drive execution. But we've also got to give ourselves permission to pause execution for a limited time. Let's hit the pause button and let's provide a retrospective of what has been done. How far have we gone? Let's review the plan, make sure we're all in agreement on what the plan is. Let's ask ourselves how far we've driven to that plan. What progress have we made? And uh, let's ask ourselves also if we need to recalibrate that plan, because what often happens is um, I kind of use a car analogy with a business or with an organization. Organizations are, are very similar to cars, where when you take your car in to change your tires, your mechanic 
is going to align your wheels, you, you, your, the wheels of the car to the steering wheel, so that when you point the car in a direction, it goes in that direction, right? And yeah. so uh, every once in a while, you're going to hit a pothole or you're going to hit a speed bump too fast, what have you. Like your car goes through life, just like you do, and it loses alignment. So even though you're pointing the car to the, you know, you're pointing the car straight, every once in a while it starts to drift because the wheels are not aligned to the steering wheel 100%. And that's perfectly normal. A business is very similar. We focus on execution, execute, 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 get things done. But organizations are, are typically multifaceted with multiple parts of it executing at different levels and at different speeds. And every once in a while we lose alignment. And so we need to give ourselves permission to come back together and realign on the purpose, on the progress, and um, whether we need to reprioritize resources or not. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that analogy, too. Well, Sammy, thanks so much for coming back to the show and always great to talk with you. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. So given a lot of great advice already today, um, what's one piece of advice that you would have for those organizations that they're listening here. They know they need to take their CX governance further. What's, what's something they could do today to make a first or maybe a next step to make that happen? Let's let's plan things through. Let's talk it through, but then let's get it launched and accept its imperfections uh, and then work together to make it better. The, the one thing that, uh, whether it's operational governance or accountability governance, the one thing you're, you're focusing on is collaboration and cross-functional collective uh it's a cross-functional collective effort everybody has to pitch in that's one of the reasons i I love governance is it is uh it's i kind of consider it like the, if you're you know thinking of like a like a, if you're if we're having a backyard barbecue right we have shish kebabs on the on a the barbecue then yeah. you know you have vegetables you got um chicken you got steak right and yeah. what we're doing with governance is we are the skewer that makes everything work together. The, the vegetables, the chicken, the steak is held together by the governance structure that we've put together. Nice. And nice. they work in harmony. Yeah, I like that. And also now I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I'd like to thank Sammy Newar for joining the show. You can learn more about Sammy by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.